Welcome to Around the World in 80s Movies. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I've been doing film reviews since 1996. And you can read all of my written work at my website, Quipster.net. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you to check out the other podcast that I do, similar to this one, but with more recent movies. It is called the Quipster Film Review Podcast. You can find the link to that at my website, Quipster.net. I just recently done a review at the time of this recording for Bill and Ted Face the Music. So if you're a Bill and Ted fan, as I'm sure a lot of people who enjoy films of the 1980s are, I do encourage you to check that out as well. Quipster.net. Today I'm going to be getting into the second part of this three-part series looking at alien refugees on Earth, usually ones that are misunderstood. I just looked at The Brother from Another Planet and that star Joe Morton. This week, I'm going to be talking about a film that also features aliens coming down to Earth, trying to escape their homeworld, and it does feature Joe Morton. Morton is not an alien in this film, actually a, a cop, a sheriff. Now, this is a movie that was released on VHS. You can also find it on Laserdisc, but it has yet to make its way to either DVD, Blu-ray, 4K. It's also not available on VOD. So if you want to keep up with this, you might have to find another streaming platform where people post things. I'm sure you can think of a, a couple of places to try to find this film somewhere online. It is available, I can assure you. Stranded is a 1987 film. It is PG-13 rated. It does have violence and language. The runtime is a very short one hour and 20 minutes. The cast, very tantalizing for people who are fans of the 1980s because it stars not only Joe Morton, but it features Ione Skye in a role that she did prior to doing Say Anything, a little bit after doing River's Edge. Maureen O'Sullivan, Brendan Hughes, Susan Barnes, Cameron Dye, Carrie Swanson, Harry Caesar, Kevin Haley, and Flea, and Spice Williams, and a few others are in the film. Tex Fuller is the director. Alan Castle is the credited screenwriter. Now, if I had to explain Stranded, and I probably will for most of you, because most of you are probably not familiar with this movie, given the fact that it only has like less than 400 votes on IMDb at the moment... It's like Desperate Hours, that old film, that old thriller. But this one, instead of having escaped convicts, this one has alien political refugees. In fact, they're former royalty. They've traveled across the galaxy. They're trying to avoid intergalactic assassins instead of the cops here, although the cops do come after them at some point in this movie. It's a concise, not really complicated plot. Many who've seen their share of crime films or maybe movies about extraterrestrials are going to find what they see within Stranded to be overly familiar. It's kind of an underdeveloped B-movie. It's made by New Line Cinema. It's mostly faded into obscurity over the years, despite this appealing cast and competent crew. The story involves these five escaped alien refugees. They've come to Earth, kind of like this bolt of lightning that shoots them down, and they find themselves in this remote North Carolina Victorian-style farmhouse. It's actually shot in a small town within Los Angeles County, that farmhouse is inhabited by this newly orphaned teenage girl named Deidre Clark, played by Ione Skye, and her grandmother, Grace. Maureen O'Sullivan plays Grace. Suspicions run high within the household, resulting in the aliens taking casualties in this gunfight with some of the local yokels. They just want to be left alone. They want to leave Earth peacefully, but police begin surrounding the house. And they're just barely able to contain some of those gun-toting locals who are out for revenge for these aliens for killing one of their own. 
That's pretty much the setup. It's a, it's a standoff for the rest of the film. Stranded does contain some decent acting. I think Joe Morton is especially good here. The sci-fi trappings are enough to keep this otherwise formula home under siege premise afloat for its meager 80-minute runtime. Ione Sky, she is the daughter of folk singer Donovan, came into her own most popularly as the star, the female star opposite uh, John Cusack in Say Anything. Maureen O'Sullivan, she's mostly known for playing Jane in the Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan films. She also happens to be Mia Farrow's mother. They both acquit themselves pretty well in roles that are not particularly nuanced. Joe Morton plays Hollis McCann, a a take-no-gruff new sheriff in town. The town is full of racist and xenophobic rednecks, and they kind of turn into a lynch mob when one of their own gets killed by these aliens. To make matters worse, the hostage negotiations get gummed up by a meddlesome agent from the defense department, or maybe she's not. Who knows what she is? She's also interested in getting her hands on these visitors from outer space. But how is Sheriff McCann going to take all of these aliens in alive when everybody around them seems to want them dead except for the hostages that they've taken in the house they are playing for their safety they want them to just be able to leave earth without harm despite the fact that they murdered a local now that's the complication i suppose stranded is the first feature that's directed by veteran documentarian fleming b fuller who takes his pseudonym of tex fuller here he hails from north carolina where the film is set Fuller had been trying to break into directing commercial films for several years. He began his journey writing a screenplay based on his 1977 documentary called Death Row, but because Death Row had bleak subject matter, he found very few takers on the project, especially since he didn't really have a track record in making feature films. So Fuller decided he was going to look for a low-budget endeavor that had science fiction appeal because he's a big fan of the science fiction genre. So he headed to this popular talent agency in Hollywood, Paul Koner, and he met with an agent there named Gary Salt. Salt represented this unknown screenwriter named Alan Castle. So Salt showed Fuller Castle's script that had this science fiction premise with a strong thriller element. It was then entitled Shockwave. And Fuller read this, and he thought that it was very reminiscent of a lot of other works that he liked. James Faulkner, because of the heroes coming together to try to protect this group of innocents from the ire of these prejudiced townspeople. He also liked that there were elements here that seemed like the aforementioned Desperate Hours. There was also a thematic lesson on mob mentality and intolerance that was very reminiscent of Frankenstein. And there was also kind of a either a Beauty and the Beast or maybe a Romeo and Juliet aspect to the teenage girl and one of the aliens beginning to have some sort of romantic feelings for one another. Fuller felt that he should make the sheriff in the script, a black man specifically in order to add more thematic tension to the story based on judging people by their external appearance. And with ripe thematic material regarding bigotry and fear of the unknown and the kindness of strangers, Fuller felt this would be an entertaining science fiction film with an important underlying message for younger people. It would have cross-the-board appeal. Instead of a horror story about aliens attacking townspeople, Fuller felt that this could be, if he shaped it correctly, a heartwarming story about an alien misunderstanding. So he decided that this would be a good first project to get into the movie business. So he took it to associates of his, 
uh, producers for Teen Wolf and many other films over the years, Mark Levinson and Scott Rosenfeld. And the first thing that they did was change the name of the script to Stranded rather than Shockwave because they felt that Shockwave was too similar in title to this very well-known, at least cult well-known, 1977's Nazi zombie film from Ken Widerborn called Shockwaves. Another change that they made was reducing the dialogue within the film, specifically of the aliens. They didn't want to have the aliens conversing so much and see a bunch of subtitles, except for some occasional utterances. The aliens described in Castle's script were also much more eerie and otherworldly in the way that he described them within his story. So Fuller decided that they should go for more human-like alien appearances so audiences could more readily identify and sympathize with them. The communication among the aliens would be mostly nonverbal. They would use very short expressions and maybe some telepathy. And once they had the script to their liking, they took it to New Line Cinema, who specialized in genre films with a modest budget, and New Line Cinema gave them $3 million to shoot this film. Dane Davis, he was hired as the sound effects editor. He developed the language, and he dubbed in the alien voices during post-production. Academy Award-winning makeup artist Michelle Burke, she took home the Oscar for Quest for Fire, and then later on, Bram Stoker's Dracula. She captures the look of the aliens here, determining, going really right down to granular things like what colors should be used for the weapons and other props that they have in their possession. The aliens here are humanoids. They resemble characters that we might find on a typical episode of Star Trek The Next Generation or something like that, although the film was in the can before that show debuted. Some might say that the aliens here look like a glam rock band from the 1970s. Certainly, it does have that appeal. Michelle Burke, for the look, she researched UFOs and the descriptions of the aliens by witnesses for inspiration. And what she found had already been done pretty much extensively in other movies like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So she thought that she would do the opposite here. She would give the aliens colored contact lenses and headpieces with full heads of hair instead of just being these bald humanoid creatures. They would also look beautiful, not eerie, and they would be much more angelic rather than demonic, although their robotic leather-clad bodyguard is still intimidating to humans who may not understand such things. After a month of conceptual drawings, they came up with these five aliens that they eventually used in the movie. The aliens in the film cannot speak English, but we learn the background of their plight and the details of their escape from their home world to Earth using the telepathic powers of this glowing crystal they have in their possession. The two humans in the house give the aliens names. Queen is their leader. Queen's son is dubbed Prince. Eventually, he becomes the love interest of a sort for Deidre. The Queen's right-hand man is named Sir. The silent, the silent fighter servant is named Warrior played by Spice Williams in the movie, and their companion is named Jester. He's kind of uh, the comical one. He's like a pet to all of them. Jester here, though, is played by Flea. Flea, of course, of the funk rock band known as the Red Hot Chili Peppers. In fact, at a rap party, Flea introduced Red Hot Chili Peppers frontman Anthony Kiedis to the female star of the film, Ioni Sky. Flea was certain that Ioni Sky was absolutely Anthony Kiedis's type. Now, the problem here was that she was still 16 at the time that they met. Anthony Kiedis was 24. He had just come out of rehab for drug abuse, but he wasn't dissuaded by her age when they met, so they developed a romance. Kiedis started uh, 
taking her out and he became her first boyfriend. And their relationship continued uh, a couple of years till 1989. And that's when Kiedis's recurrent drug issues proved to be too dark for Ioni Sky to cope with. So she left him for Adam Horowitz, otherwise known as King Ad-Rock from the Beastie Boys. She had grown close to Horowitz when Kiedis ran off with his drug friends instead of coming home at night. So... And by the way, if you're a big Chili Peppers fan, this film definitely not named after the Chili Peppers song called Stranded. That Stranded was a uh, a well-traveled parody of the theme song to this television show called Branded. But they changed the lyrics of that song to being about uh, being stuck in a public restroom with no toilet paper. Kind of a comical take there that has nothing to do with this movie. At least I hope not. I'm glad they took that scene out if it actually appeared in the film. Now, this is a very dimly lit film. It's set almost entirely at night. They filmed the external scenes every day between 5 in the afternoon and 5 in the morning. It often feels very contained. It feels like it should have been a play. Nearly all of the action takes place either within or maybe just outside of the claustrophobic farmhouse. Unfortunately, this is not really a very exciting way to spend 80 minutes, especially since we don't really come to know much about these characters. To truly care what happens to them by the end, the special effects here are very minimal. They're really no better than a cheaply produced television show that has laser blasts and an occasionally floating diamond-shaped crystal object that records their collective memories. Veteran actress Maureen O'Sullivan, she took the part of the grandmother here because she regarded Stranded as a very fun departure from the types of roles that she normally took. She was in what was regarded as a science fiction fairy tale, definitely something she had not really done before. And she had just appeared in Woody Allen's Hannah and Her Sisters. So she received some acclaim for that. Prior to these films, O'Sullivan, as I mentioned, she had been known more for playing Jane opposite Johnny Weissmuller in those Tarzan films from many decades before. Her relationship with Jester in this film was actually a callback to her relationship with the chimp named Cheetah in those films. So O'Sullivan who hated working with Cheetah, she much preferred working with Flea, who is much more nice, rather than those chimps. There were several of them that played Cheetah. They were mean-tempered and would occasionally bite her, unlike Flea, who was actually quite a nice guy. Ioni Sky, she landed the gig in this film after coming to success in River's Edge. She had no formal acting training when she appeared in River's Edge. She was kind of spiraling off of the success there. She was to be the female romantic lead in this film, falling in love with an alien. She feels she may have actually in real life fallen for Prince, the alien, in real time, but it was disconcerting when she actually got to see Welsh actor Brendan Hughes without his makeup and not in character to really burst her bubble because she had come to know him in his disguise. She felt like she knew Prince, but Brendan Hughes, when she finally saw him without makeup, was a complete stranger when she'd see him, and she was not nearly as interested. Joe Morton took up the project because it was the first Hollywood script that he had read in some time in which the male lead character was black. Morton had come to some prominence starring in another film about a misunderstood alien. I talked about that in the prior episode of this podcast, The Brother from Another Planet in 1984. Stranded had more studio funding behind it and it was more of a chance to go mainstream. So Morton took the role hoping to get more exposure in films. 
Now, Tex Fuller's direction here is workmanlike. It doesn't really have a lot of flash, maybe not a discernible style to attach to Fuller. It's a collection of cliches, very reminiscent of several well-known and better films. You will struggle to maintain interest if you're even a casual film goer who have seen your share of movies just like this. It doesn't have a very strong sense of humor about itself or really about anything that would have made it worthwhile for people who don't necessarily like this kind of movie to kind of get by. Unfortunately, it's instantly forgotten once it's complete. It doesn't really have enough surprising developments to generate intrigue or suspense. But it's also not what I would consider to be a bad film, or at least a so bad it's good film, for those people who like those kinds of uh, ironic movie-watching experiences. It's too good to be bad. It's too bad to be good. So what you're left here is kind of straight up the middle as far as films go. Stranded did receive a small release A limited region-based rollout, it didn't have press screenings afforded, it really tanked in the theaters, it came and went about as quickly as a spaceship in the night. It was produced for $3 million, it did not come anywhere close to making that money back. So Fuller and the producers, they had intended to do another Castle script for their next feature while they were making this movie, but the results of Stranded left them stranded as for where to go and another movie was never made with an alan castle script fuller did direct i think one more feature after this in the early 1990s but his career never really developed into that feature filmmaker that he had wanted to become so all in all i will give stranded it's too bad to be good too good to be bad it's right there up the middle so i will give it two and a half stars out of four two and a half stars on my scale means that it had the tools it had the talent definitely had the actors here and a lot of the technical specs to be a good movie, but because the script is really nothing new, despite having aliens in it, and the direction not very inspired, it just kind of languishes throughout, and not even the good performances by the actors are enough to boost it into what I would consider to be a recommendable film for most people. So two and a half stars is the best I can give Stranded. Now, if you happen to be watching this, there is a scene that plays over the end credits where a reporter interviews the survivors of the aftermath. It was not in the original script. They tacked it on just to kind of have a change of pace at the end. And it's also the first sunlight and the first wardrobe change that we see in the film. So it became kind of a a novel thing to kind of throw at the end. The reporter, by the way, in that scene is played by the producer, Mark Rosenfeld. He calls it his Hitchcock cameo. He actually appears in most of the films that he has produced. So kind of a fun treat, I guess, if you're a fan of such trivia. As for next week, I'm going to be moving on to another film. Now, Brother from Another Planet had one alien that appeared on Earth as a refugee. This one had five, and the next one will be hundreds of thousands of refugees that have come to Earth in their spaceship. And they happen to be, like the Brother from Another Planet, slaves on their homeworld, escaping for a better life on Earth. I'm talking about a film from 1988 I've seen quite a few times over the years, and it's one I enjoy re-watching from time to time. It is a film starring James Caan and Mandy Patinkin, and it is called Alien Nation. So if you haven't seen Alien Nation or if you haven't seen it in a while, I do encourage you to check that out before next week's review. That one, by the way, is readily available on home media and your VOD streaming services, so you have no excuse but to check that out for next week's episode alienation from 1988 thank you everyone for listening i hope that you enjoyed this look at a fairly obscure film called stranded i try to mix it up from time to time i don't want to just cover all the classics because there are a lot of smaller films that are very interesting to talk about 
within the 1980s, and I hope you agree. If you have your own thoughts on Stranded, if you are one of the few who have seen it, you can write to me. Just let me know you actually have seen this film before. Maybe you're a fan of it. You can find my contact information at my website. That's at quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Links to my Twitter feed, Facebook page, Instagram are also ways you can get in touch with me. All of that at that site. Until next time, thank you so much for listening and joining me on this trip around the world in 80s movies. <laughs>